5 a.m. And we are very, very pleased to be joined by City Councilor Susie Nicasian. Hello, Rich. Good morning, Susie. How are you? Great. Thank Good. you. Good thanks for thanks for uh, coming in this morning. Sure. We um, last night the council talked about um, supporting. Basically, it was a resolution supporting the idea of the state spending money out of the general fund to do a study on uh, passenger rail corridor between basically between the Twin Cities and Albert Lee, which would include Northfield and Owatonna and Faribault, and then points much further south as well. Yep. This is a uh, a project that you have worked, shall we say, tirelessly on? Yeah, I'm a little excited about it. <laughs> and, uh, it's worth being excited about. Well, yeah, you, you, it's something you've been real real passionate about. What? Uh, let's just start from the beginning. Just to tell us a little bit about the, uh, the, the, the program and the study itself. Uh, well, the beginning of the program in 2009, um, uh, I moved to Northfield in 2001, okay. and uh, I was really surprised that a city so close to the Twin Cities had no regional transportation. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm from the East Coast where everyone, you know, it's just everybody can get around so easily. Right. Of course, we don't have the density, but it really is life-changing in right. many ways. And um I, I was volunteering for the uh, Northfield Torch Program, which, as you know, is a very successful high school program that yes. works. It was re- has had remarkable success. Um, income challenged kids who first gen, uh, getting a colleges all over the state and region. Yeah, ninety eight percent graduation rate. I mean, like up from forty seven percent for wow. decades. And the problem became then: how do we get youth to college? Right. Because they don't have cars. Their parents sometimes don't have cars or they don't. And in the absence of regional transportation. And that really hit a bone for me because I'm the daughter of a, of an immigrant to this right. country who was orphaned and always said if it wasn't for the New York City subway system, he wouldn't have been able to go to high school Wow. while working. And he went on to grad school and, and sort of did the American dream. Yeah. And I didn't. It just struck me as unfair. Um, so I started looking into our transit options and in discovering that our rail corridor, it's a Union Pacific rail corridor, mm-hmm. a very strong corridor, mm-hmm. connects to both Twin Cities, Minneapolis and St. Paul, and had until 1968 about 12 trains a day. Oh, really? So the community uh, for decades uh, lived on the rail. We have hist- great historic photos of the rail. St. Olaf College was founded when uh, a, a group of Lutherans came down from Minneapolis by train took the wagons up the hill and founded, said, this is the site for our college. I'm not making it up. Now, now you're hitting me in all the fields. That's my, that's my alma mater. That's there you what, go. It, it, there it is. Okay, so right. the train is responsible. And <laughs> so bring that full circle. And, you, of course, we with the opening of Highway Interstate 35 mm-hmm. um, and the interstate highway interstate, system, sure. um, we switched to cars, and that's worked fine. Uh, now fast forward into 2021, and you have communities like Northfield, um, and I, an estimate uh, done by Rice County found that over 50% of our population commute out county to work, right. both to Hennepin and Ramsey. So we all meet for coffee at the corner of 94 and, and 35, those right. of us that can drive. And uh, so it just seemed to me that we need a more balanced transportation. Um, so in 2010, um, we had a town hall at Carleton. Uh, about over 100 people packed the Great Hall 
to say it was an even discussion. Is this something we want to pursue for the Northfield community? And right. all the leaders were there. It, it was uh, community leaders, grassroots groups, school representatives, colleges, great conversation in which I had them look at the pros and the cons to really make sh- sure you always want to know what the negatives are. Right, in front. right, right. And uh, it, it was a wonderful discussion. We still have the notes from that. But there was really a unanimous decision that we should pursue this and just see what will be involved. Right. Uh, in 2015, um, it wasn't just me, but a coalition of uh, over 40 cities, counties, grassroots groups, the chamber, the hospitals, colleges, joined in urging the legislature to add our corridor to the state rail plan. Okay. So there's like a game board, you know, like first you do the square. And the, so the first thing you need to do is get onto the game board, which says your rail corridor makes sense for passenger rail. Right. And ours certainly does mm-hmm. because it doubles as both a regional connection to southern Minnesota and that's a region, you know, this whole vast southern tier of the state has no regional transit. So, and then the same line continues due south of Albert Lee to Mason City, Kansas, Mason City, Des Moines, Kansas City. And there's a, a Amtrak map. It basically creates a north-south spine line for the right. national Amtrak system. And that's the train that ran 12 times a day. It was mm-hmm. called the Twin Star Rocket. <laughs> it went from the Lone Star State to, to the North, North Star, Star State. State. I agree. Okay. Okay. Um, so this, where we are today is we got approved uh, and not only added to the rail plan, if people um, Google Minnesota passenger rail plan, they'll mm-hmm. see that there's, there's a statewide map of six regional corridors that feed greater Minnesota and connect greater Minnesota into the metro and to each other. And we're now added to that uh, plan. Okay. Um, so the next step on the game board is the resolution the city took last night, which is to ask the state to to ask the state to study uh, what's involved with this corridor, where right. the stops go, what kind of infrastructure is needed. Okay. Um, and and ha- and uh, and mindful, we want a project that will benefit freight rail and co- freight and pas- passenger on the same sure, line. Sure. Uh, it's everything has to flow well, and right. that's in our interest. Uh, so uh, that resolution is uh, we have a $9.3 billion budget surplus, as you know, in the yeah. state. And um, this is a request that's been brought in the past and will be brought again by Representative Lippert and a number of other representatives for the $500,000 that is needed to study. Right. And let me just put that in context. $500,000 is the cost of one highway intersection on <laughs> I-35. So for the money, yeah, um, and it is for the money because all statistics across the country are that the smartest investment for economic development is to invest in existing rail infrastructure. And, and that's the key to this. This is existing rail. Right. Now, this is a line that's owned by Union Pacific. Union Pacific. So how does that work with, with the freight line and and l- they would have to allow uh, allow the state to use this. Absolutely. Right? Okay. Yeah. So first the state studies it to know, get our ducks in line and say, sure. what is it we want to do? And, and then the freight line knows that there are their first priority is keeping commerce flowing, obviously. Right. And that's right. a con- huge concern nationally. Right. Um, but, for instance, in, one of the pieces of this that I'm studying is Northfield has 13 rail crossings within a mile yes. on that UP corridor. We hear them all. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. And so do the people that live next to them. Yes, they do. And w- by introducing passenger service, there's a higher 
safety standard that's required on rail crossings. And so one of the consequences of benefit to the UP, the Union Pacific, Mm -hmm. is that we'll have better safety, which allows their freight trains to move through more quickly, more smoothly, and possibly without blowing the horns. Does it, does this benefit the quiet zone uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, uh, initiative Ab- that the city is taking to? Absolutely, yeah. They go hand in hand. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. All right. So, um, uh, w- w- the $500,000, what what does that go towards specifically? It's, it's MnDOT studying where are we going to put the station stops. If you look at the map, just here north of 2nd Street, mm-hmm. our rail corridor splits. There's an east line that's ready. Trains run on it every day. When the big boy steam engine came through town a couple of years ago, yeah, yeah, yeah. there was a woman in the second seat, in the brakeman seat. Oh, really? And she's from Northfield, Minnesota. Oh, that's cool. And she's a, one of seven women, female engineers. And I said, where are you going? I, oh, I, know, I told her, I'm, we're trying to get trains. We want we would like a train that would connect us up to Duluth. And she goes, really? Well, I'm going there this afternoon. On this train. <laughs> so the rail lines go there, but the study is needed to know, okay, how do we, how, what kind of infrastructure and signaling and right. positive train control right. is needed to benefit the whole system. Right. The, the investment of those dollars, though, by the state is at a time when we can leverage with the recent bipartisan approval of the investment was the Infrastructure and Investment and Jobs Act. That's $66 billion. I, I, I catch myself. Last night, I, I just yeah. like, could it be billion? It, yeah, it is. It it's, really it's, is it's billion. billion dollars. Yeah. And the reason it's billion is because if you want to stimulate your economy, if you want to grow an economy, you invest it in existing rail infrastructure. And we've got $66 billion of that larger bill. It's like $1.3 yeah. I think, going to that. Our corridor exactly meets the criteria that the Biden administration and Congress are looking for. It serves unserved region. It uses existing rail infrastructure. Mm-hmm. Um, it serves r- rural communities. And um, I, I always think about it like the five E's I talked about right. last night. Right. Um, economic development, there's just the statistics conservatively is that for local cities served by passenger rail, it got one do- every $1 invested is $4 for the locality, okay. not even to mention the larger businesses that come to the state, people that come to the state. Right, right, right. Um, so economic development is just a very smart investment for the state. Yeah. And, and we have, fortunately, a, a statewide network of rail. So it's not just an isolated. Right. It's using the whole network of ex- existing rail and helping it run better. On top of that, I would count equity. Because, as I've said, there are people that can't get around. Yep. Also, as an approaching senior myself, I'm soon not going to want to drive on the highways. Right. Right? Um, and being able to get on a train to get to where I want to go uh, is game-changing right. um, for, for just about everyone. Um, but there's equity in another sense, which is Minnesota has long suffered, in, this is my personal opinion only, uh, with sort of a metrocentrism mm-hmm. that transportation investment focuses on the seven county metro. That's true. And it's hard I've, in the conversations I've had with leaders in the city to get even their attention. And by investing in this regional rail plan, we're pursuing a more balanced, more equitable transportation system which supports greater Minnesota as well as the metro. Um, and the greater Minnesota cities, if you read clockwise, it's a line from Duluth. Eau Claire, Wisconsin, into St. Paul. Winona is already running. Our Northfield line, a Mankato line into St. Paul mm-hmm. and St. Cloud. Uh, and all of those lines feed both regional and right. interstate passenger rail service. So it's right. just a great connection for Some, Northfield. Something I've heard you discuss before is the fact that uh, 
uh, uh, the rail line here, if you, you put that line here, you would be able to connect students to every private college oh, yeah, yeah. In, in the state? Yeah, I was really surprised by that. That's my new E. E's before E's. The third E was a, a environment. Yeah, sure. Be- because the green, the, you know, if you want to do something about greenhouse gas emissions on a massive scale that's needed yeah. to save our planet, electric fields are great, but um, these trains run at 73% of the yeah. greenhouse gas emissions that cars do in terms of me- when measured in terms of actual people sure. moving. And similarly, uh, I think it's 84% more fuel efficient than planes, wow. obviously. Wow. Um, and they're right here. Yeah. And it benefits freight as well. So, uh, And then the last E, education, when I overlay the regional, the statewide map of regional corridors with the map of the Minnesota Private College Council, 17 private colleges in Minnesota, including St. Olaf and Carleton. Okay. All 17 of them are located on one of those six Isn't regional corridors. Yeah. And that's because of the history I spoke of before. Right. In the 19th century, early 20th century, you put a college on a rail line. Right. And it's Perfect not just sense. the private colleges, it's also the min-state systems, all seven of our state colleges, and four of the five main campuses of the University of Minnesota. Wow. So it would be a game-changer for for students getting to jobs, for faculty who have careers in two places. Um, and for that reason, I'm proud to say the private council, Minnesota Private College Council, has just become the first stakeholder for this round. Uh, President Anderson and President Byerly together, Carlton and St. Olaf, mm-hmm. uh, championed a letter from the Minnesota Private College Council saying we need to support regional passenger rail they didn't use this language but almost like it's educational infrastructure perfect perfect counselor Susie nikazian thank you so much for coming and talking about this i do hope that as this progresses that you will come back and and sort of keep us up to date on I'd what's, love to talk about what's it. going on great thanks great. so much